And so if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, beginning of verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. I think that's what his name was. And all who went to be registered, each to his own town. In other words, they had to go back to where they were from, their hometown. And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was a house and lineage of David. And to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in Sam's Inn. title of the message this morning is simply said, Don't let a holy day be just a holiday. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for the Christmas story. We thank you for our kids. Uh, we, we're, we're amazed at, at, at what they're able to, to do and the singing and the, everything they captured. Uh, and the story of Christmas is that innocent. It's that truthful and it's that honest. And Lord, may we never lose that passion and that zeal for this holy day when your son arrived on earth. In Jesus' name, bless this word. Amen and amen. Don't let it just be a holiday. Let it be a holy day. It's a holy day, right? People now say happy holidays. Eh. Actually, I had an email with the EPA in, uh, out in Utah and Wyoming this week and doing some back and forth on some, some, uh, some disagreements or some, uh, I don't know, disagreements is probably a bad word to say in this being recorded. Uh, we're, we're, we're evaluating some stuff, and, and, I, and I'm going to the rule, and I'm throwing some stuff back at them. And, and, and of course, I go in and said, hey, I hope you all have a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. I got Department of Justice and then the email, and I'm just throwing out, I'm throwing out Christmas, right? Of course, they responded back. This guy responded back. Nice little email. said, hey, Happy Holidays, right? Uh, which is fine. I'm cool with that. But it's really a holy day, isn't it? And that's my challenge from the rest of this week and maybe the rest of my life. I don't want to just say happy holidays to you anymore. I want to say happy holy day. Because it was a holy day. When Jesus showed up, it was a holy day, not just a holiday. The holy day has created the holiday. Right? right? The holy day has created the holiday. And here in Luke chapter 2, the traditional Christmas story, we read of, of Mary and Joseph. Right? There's a census. They're being taxed, basically. Y'all like men taxed? That's what was going on right there, right? It's for tax collection purposes, right? So they got to go back to be taxed, right? They got to pay to go somewhere to pay taxes. Terrible, right? Uh, and the Bible says they went from, from Galilee to Bethlehem. That's 80 miles. 80 miles apart. 80. That's like from here to Princeton. No easy pass, no turnpike. But sometimes, I don't know if the easy pass should make the turnpike easier, right? None of that. 80-mile journey. Oh, you can say, well, Mary had a donkey. Okay, that sounds really comforting. <laughs> right, Stacy's got a donkey named Dolly. I'm sure you wouldn't ride her for 80 miles, would you, Stacy? No, <laughs> right? There's times Dolly say, you're walking, girl, right? 80-mile journey. See, it didn't happen in an instant. didn't happen in a moment. It took a while. She was, she was nine and a half, ten months pregnant at that, right? And they take off to go to Bethlehem. And we find them on their way, and, of course, they get to Bethlehem. 
And let's never forget that when that baby, and that's what I like about the scripture there in Luke chapter 2. It says that night, this very same night they arrived, the child was born. They went to, we, now we presuppose they knocked on the door and said, hey, Sam, do you, have, do you have room in your inn? After he was born, we found out there was no room in the inn, right? That's what scripture says. Which is, we can presuppose they did ask, right? I would have asked, right? I would have asked. And here we find him, and this baby is now born. I want you to understand. Let's never forget that the baby born in a manger wasn't just the son of Mary. He was the son of God. This wasn't just Mary's son. This was God's son. That's why it's a holy day, not just a holiday. For that reason, I call it a holy day. Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Right? A woman, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive the adoption of sons. He was born at the right time. And Paul, in his Christmas message, tells us not only was he born at the right time, he was born to redeem us. He tells us why he came. Paul had a Christmas message. That's one of them. He gave us another one, Philippians, when he says everything was made by him, created by him. He made himself of no reputation, right? That's, other, that's Paul's other Christmas message, right? That's the God we serve. He came at the right time, not just any time. He came at the right time, and that right time became a holy day, not just a holiday. I love Christmas. I have so many memories of Christmas. Most of, let's be honest, most of our memories are childhood memories, are they not? Uh, I remember as a kid growing up, I went to Mahone Chapel, United Methodist Church. And every year on Christmas Eve, we had a big Christmas play. I mean, all of Ashford and a little bit of Rumble, right, showed up for that Christmas play. It was, that little church would have 120, 150 people jammed in there. We would do a Christmas play, play and we'd have nativity scenes. Sometimes it would be an act-out play. But for many years, this guy was a little drummer boy. You ask why I have such a passion for the little drummer boy. I got to be the little drummer boy every year in the Christmas play. I started out with a coffee can. I ended up with a snare drum. Took years, but I finally got to a snare drum. And we would have this play, then Santa would show up, and he would give us gifts. Then we got this big bag, would have apples and bananas and all kinds of candy in it. And I give my apples and my bananas away and enjoy the candy. I remember those times. Then I go to my grandmother's house on Christmas Eve, and we had a traditional Italian Christmas. Squid, fried raisin bread, fish. I'd eat a Fox Deluxe cheese pizza. Back in that day, it was probably 39 cents, right? They're like a dollar now, right? I remember those days. I remember everyone else is eating whatever they were eating, and I'm eating this nice, toasty cheese pizza, right? But that's what I remember about Christmas. We'd have waffle cookies, and, and, and just it was an amazing time just to be with family. But you know what? All that came to existence. All my memories was because of a holy day, not just a holiday. It was because Christ came. I enjoy Christmas cartoons. There's something that's still awesome about watching Rudolph. Can I get an amen? Right? I love Rudolph. It was 1964. 1964, and it still captivates us today. At least me. Uh, I, I love Herbie, who wanted to be a dentist. Right? I love the land of misfit toys. Maybe because I'm a misfit toy. Right? Maybe I, I belong in that bunch. 
I love that stuff. I'm a big Frosty fan. I love Santa Claus movies with Tim Allen. I love the original Home Alone. Just watched it this week at Hannah's house with her two dogs. Lauren's like, I left a movie on for the dogs. So Hannah works 12-hour shifts, and we kind of thought to leave the pups out. And they're, they're getting stable now, and we can kind of, you know, we have to move all the pillows and cover the couch. But other than that, it's good. And she, she, you left home alone for him. That's a pretty good Christmas. You did a good job for him. The dogs will really appreciate that. But I love it. I love, I love Cousin Eddie. I love Christmas vacation, right? I, I love watching them cut down that tree, right? I love that stuff. That's all Christmas to me. Those are holiday stuff. But all that happens because of the holy day. All that happens because of the holy day. Christmas vacation is a constant reminder that family can mess it all up. No amens from that, but they can. They can mess it all up. You all have that cousin Eddie in your family, don't you? You have that person. And you're sitting there going, who is it? It might be you. <laughs> if you can't figure out who cousin Eddie is in your bunch, you just might be cousin Eddie. We'll leave it at that. I love to watch Elf this time of year as Buddy saves Christmas. No holiday would be complete without 24 hours of Ralphie. Triple dog, dare you? Right? Stuck his tongue on that pole. No, don't do that, kids. I love Christmas. All this for light has come. All this because a holy day became a holiday because our Savior was born. The story of Christmas is not a Jewish story nor an American story, but it's the story for all mankind. It's for the entire earth. The Bible says, For God so loved the world. That he gave. He gave his one and only son. He gave. Gosh, it's amazing. We celebrate Christmas because it's a big deal. This gift changed everything forever. It radically changed planet Earth. That holy day, it changed the course of history. God chose to enter the world not with spotlights, just candlelight. <laughs> he didn't send his son to the palace. He was born in a stable full of animals. I've been thinking about three of those people in the story we kind of saw today. And I want to share real quick a few things. Joseph, we, if we're honest, he's the forgotten one in the Christmas story. Right? He's the one that everybody forgets about. But man, he had a major role in the entire story. Major, major role. I think the For Him song... This is such a strange way to save the world. It's a song that, as if Joseph was singing. And, and it, it resonates with me every Christmas. But how true it is. Why here? Why her? Why him? Why now? What, what questions? He was ready. The Bible tells me he was ready to leave her. When she came to him and said, I'm pregnant. He knew the backstory. We've, we've never been together. We're just engaged. The Bible said he was ready to divorce her privately, not to, not to embarrass her, not to shun her. And then one night, he got, that night he had a dream, and the Bible says an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now, some of you have had an angel of the Lord appear to you at 2 a.m. after Taco Bell, right? Late night Taco Bell run. You ever had an angel appear to you after a 2 a.m. Taco Bell run? Oh, it's a bad taco, right? And, and Joseph, an angel comes to him. Now, I don't know about you, but it was just a dream. It wasn't like shepherds when the angels showed up for them. He had saw an angel in a dream. And he took that and he held on to it. That's what's so powerful about the story of Joseph. He took what the angel said. It wasn't just any dream. 
was something about that moment. You ever had a dream that felt so real? It's, you wake up and whoa, right? I had one the other day. I, I was like I was in high school and I, got, I missed the bus and I showed up in school and didn't have pants on. I'm like, what is this? I'm a 52-year-old man. Why am I dreaming about this? Right? I woke up. It's like whatever that was. Stop, right? It was so long ago. But that, sometimes, they, and Joseph had such a dream. It felt so real because it was real. Because that angel came and spoke to him. Matthew tells us he was ready to move on from the relationship. But an angel came. Can you imagine all he went through though? For the next nine and a half, ten months. Can you imagine what Joseph went through on a daily basis? The battles, the struggles. This went on for ten months. This was not, hey, Mary's having the Son of God and a week later Jesus shows up. Right? It it wasn't, hey, Joseph, that's, that's, that's God's Son. And then two days later, okay, this all makes sense. Ten months later, he had to live with that hope and that dream that he had that everything was going to be okay. I know, I know an angel came to him, but can you imagine all he wrestled with? I'm sure even after Jesus was born, he had a, he had a book, he had a little checklist, baby born, check mark. Mary doing well, check mark. But Joseph is still wired. He's still got all these questions going on in his head. And I imagine... If I was Joseph, I probably would have looked up in heaven and said, can I have another dream right now? Can I get another angel visit? I still have a few more questions. See, Joseph allows me to know I can have questions because I have a God who has answers. I can have questions because God says, I will answer your questions. Gosh, what did, you, what did he get, Joseph? What did he get? He got a bunch of shepherds, didn't he? He got a bunch of shepherds telling a story about an angel and a choir. Maybe those shepherds were there for Joseph as another reminder that this is God's plan. The shepherds, just the thought of the shepherds, right? We, I, I love looking at that. I love visualizing that. I talked about it Wednesday night. It was a dark night. It was a, the black night. Maybe some stars were out. And, and all of a sudden, an angel shows up and says, Fear not! I don't know about you, if you're on some hillside and it's 2 a.m. and an angel shows up all glowing and says, fear not, I, I, the fear part's probably out the window, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a little panicky. And then they begin, the angel tells the story of this child, this, this one who's creating this holy day is being born in Bethlehem, just a couple miles away. We talked about that Wednesday night. Bethlehem, from where the shepherds were, is about as far as Marmette is from Chesapeake. Just a couple miles. right? They didn't have to go 80 miles like Mary and Joseph did. It was just a couple miles. And the angels show up. And then this angelic choir, uh, it's almost like the sky unzipped and a portion of heaven opened up. And they, the entire, if I'm being honest, our angels today were awesome. Were they not? That's probably the best angels we've had this year. <laughs> not throw historical angels under the bus. It's the best angels we've had this year. And little Leah, my granddaughter, she lost her halo. She didn't care. She didn't care. Halo's downside. She's still doing. Right? But the shepherds, they show up and there's angels singing. And what I find so amazing about the story, what do shepherds do? Anybody want to tell me what do they do? Watch sheep. Yeah, that's their job. What they do? They raise sheep, right? We talked about that Wednesday night. Um, the reason they were right there between Bethlehem and Jerusalem is because when people were traveling in during the Passover, they would actually buy sheep. They didn't travel with sheep. They would buy sheep for their sacrifice uh, when they got into the Passover, into, into, into Jerusalem. 
They left the very thing that was their livelihood. That's what stood out to me when I read this, when I go on in, in, in Luke. They left their sheep. Think about that for a moment. Their very job, the very thing that sustained them, the very thing they had to protect. When the angels showed up, there was something about that message. They left the sheep. They left them to go find this Christ child. I find that amazing. I find that powerful. How awesome is that? I love that thought that God reveals himself to all, but I love the thought that he revealed himself to shepherds first. To see the Lamb of God. The shepherds in Bethlehem had a very important job, but they walked away from it to go see the Christ child. What else really stood out to me in Luke chapter 2? The Bible says in verse 16, they made haste, Carrie. And the shepherds made haste. The angels came, they sang, they spoke, and they looked at each other and says, let's go. They didn't debate it, they didn't question it. The Bible says they made haste and went to see this child. Went to see the ones that the angels came to sing about. Powerful stuff. They made haste. They left their only source of income, and it was a good choice. They went, and here is where I think Joseph may have gotten his answer to his prayer. Can you send another angel? As the shepherds told them, I found it interesting. It says in Scripture that Mary and Joseph pondered everything that the shepherds were telling. They were describing the moment. They were describing the scene. And the Bible says that Mary and Joseph pondered these things. They absorbed it. It's like, wow, okay, this is real. This is real. And I can see Joseph thinking, thank you. Thank you. I still have doubts. But thank you. Gosh, that's good. They made haste. And then the last is Sam in the end, right? Sam's in. Man, it's busy times in Bethlehem. It's really busy. It was a busy place. It was bumping. The only hotel in town, packed. No vacancy sign, right? He was awakened late at night, even with the sign flashing, no vacancy. We ain't got no rooms. There still was a knock at his door. He had no room But something made him not say no, is what stood out to me. Something made him not turn them away. Something made him not say, I don't have room, you need to go down the road. That really stood out to me as I read the Christmas story this week. That the innkeeper, even though it's not really recorded, he didn't say no. He just said, I don't have room in the hotel, but I'll give you what I have. I'll give you what I have. For some reason, he did not do what others did. By turning Mary and Joseph away. Yet for some reason, he gave all he had. And all he had was a stable. So that's what he gave. He gave all he had. I'm, I'm sure that he had his door knocked on many times that night. Am I wrong? <laughs> you sure? You sure you don't have room? But for some reason, he didn't tell them no. He found them a place. He found them a space. He gave all he had. Something was different about Mary and Joseph. There was, was there a glow about Mary? I just wonder. Was there, was there just this glow about Mary as a reason he couldn't say no? And he had to find him a space? Celebrate the holy day, not just the holiday. Jesus has entered our story. His birth placed him in the middle of creation. Jesus came to save us, not from politics. He came to save us from ourselves. He didn't come to save us from enemies or challenges or difficulties. He came to save us from sin. Come to rescue us. So many people just see Christmas. 
How many of you sometimes just see it? You see lights. You see presents. You see sales, right? You see coupons, right? And we allow what we're seeing, but we're really not getting the story. We're not allow, allowing that holy day to it resonate through us because all we do is see the impacts, right? In our checkbook, right? We see it. We see it in bank statements. That's all we see. I don't want you to just see Christmas. Because, you know, you can see something and still not believe. Right? You can see something and still not believe it. I don't want you just to see Christmas. I don't want you to see it. There's so much more. There's loneliness in the world around us. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe things aren't going the way you wanted to. So Christmas to many is just a visual thing because they just see it. They see the lights, they see the gifts, but that is all they choose. They kind of stand far away. Kind of reminds me of the story of Luke chapter 19 when Zacchaeus, right? The Bible says he just wanted to see Jesus. He didn't want to interact with him. He just wanted to see Jesus. And Jesus looks at him in that same chapter and says, Make haste, Zacchaeus. I'm coming to your house today, right? Zacchaeus went just to see Jesus, but in that seeing, he experienced him. He got to experience him. And that's what I want you to do with Christmas. Some just hear Christmas. The shepherds not only heard the singing, but they responded to what they heard. Maybe you're just, if you're seeing it and you're also hearing it, you also have to do what the shepherds do, and you have to respond. You have to respond to what you heard. They went to the manger to see this child. We too need to respond to this holy day, not just a holiday. I love verses 19 and 20 in Luke chapter 2. But Mary treasured all these things in her, pondering them in her heart. Verse 20 says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. <laughs> they didn't just see it, they heard it. They didn't just hear it, but they responded to it, which means they got to experience it. No, this one's kind of tricky. You think that knowing the story, knowing the holiday, but in reality, the knowing. Is only head knowledge. How many of you just have some head knowledge? Pastor Frank used to say from this pulpit, he would tell his kids about a certain class in school. He would say, just take the test, get an A, and forget everything they told you. All right? All right? Because it was contrary. You still got to pass the class, right? Sometimes just because you know something don't mean you're experiencing it. Sometimes it's just head knowledge. And that's what happens so many times at Christmas. We know this story. Angels, shepherds, Mary, innkeeper, right? We know that. Wise men show up, right? A couple years later, a year and a half later, whatever it was. They showed up. Gifts. Herod. We know all this stuff. It doesn't change. That's why knowing it is, is kind of dangerous. We just have to see it. We have to hear it. We have to know it. We also have to experience it. We have to. Experiencing Christmas... The one we is one we should really want. He came to save us. Seeing, hearing, knowing, and experiencing the life-changing story of this holy day. This is the one we all should desire this season. We see it, we hear it, we know it, and then we get to experience it. I think it all goes together. I think we need all that. Christmas reminds us that God is always near and that we need a Savior. 
And the good news is, because of Christmas, we have our Savior. He has shown up. He has come to save the day. The story of Christmas is the story of God's relentless pursuit for us. By coming to Bethlehem, God did away with all the barriers. Anything that might keep us from Him was destroyed because He came in a simple manner. Shepherds, Mary and Joseph. He destroyed it. He's telling us today that no mess can turn me away. Because of Bethlehem, we have a chance. And as I read my Bible, I see a God who consistently turns tragedy into triumph. And maybe that's what you need in your life today. Maybe there's been tragedy. God says, I, because of Christmas, I can turn it into triumph. I can turn it into triumph. I declare to you today that Bethlehem was just the beginning. It did not end at that manger. The song says, you came from heaven to earth to show the way. <laughs> from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. <laughs> That's why he came. Will you be like Joseph, even with your questions and your doubts? Will you still cling to the very thing you know? you cling to that? The angel made him promise, and his faith was in that promise. Will you be like the shepherds and just go? <laughs> they not only heard, they responded. They left the sheep to go find the one the angels came to sing about. Would you be like the innkeeper? Even though he was full, couldn't say no. Even when it would have been easy to say, sorry, man, there's nothing for you. I have nothing. What made him say, I don't have a room, but I'll give you what I have. Some just see Christmas. Some just hear Christmas. Some just know Christmas. While others experience Christmas. The good news of this holy day is you can have all of them. You can see it. You can hear it. You can know it. And you can experience it. Maybe your life right now feels a lot like that stable in Bethlehem. Cruddy in some spots. A little smelly in others. Right? Not much glamour. Nothing feels like it's right. It's not always neat. It's not always tidy. The people in your world remind you of the barnyard animals. Right? Got some grazing sheep and some stubborn donkeys. You like Joseph have knocked on doors and you've been told no. You're too late, you're too old, you're too sick, you're too poor. You know what? We know what a slamming door feels like, don't we? You know what plan B feels like. But we talked Wednesday night, no plan B. We mentioned that vacation trip. With Jesus, was, there was no plan B with God when it came to Jesus. But how many times in our own lives we keep reverting to plan B or C or D or E or F, right? Because what we want just keeps changing. You do your best to make it. Your roof still leaks. The wind is still cold. While you try to fix it, you haven't had much luck yet. You look at your life and you wonder if God would have a place for you. If that's you today, look at this holy day. 
our hope was born. Jesus was born in the middle of chaos and in the middle of hassles. He was born despite his family tree. Despite them, he still showed up. The Christmas story is a story of God's relentless love for us. Can I challenge you this morning? Will you let him love you? Will you give him a chance? Because he does love you. Your life may look like that stable. It may stink. It may be cruddy and crappy. Nothing ever goes right. I'm here to tell you because of Bethlehem, there's hope. You don't have just to see Christmas. You don't have just to hear Christmas. You don't have just to know Christmas. You can experience it. That's my challenge to you this Christmas season. Will you let him love you? We all want to be loved. We all want someone to love us. Some days it's harder than others finding someone that will. But I know a God in heaven who does. And he proved it by sending his son to earth in a manger, lying in hay. No spotlights. Will you let him love you this Christmas season? Let us pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this holiday, but we also thank you for the holy day that created the holiday. And Lord, even though our lives are a mess, even though we try to dress it up and we try to make it look better from the outside, we know what's really going on on the inside. So Lord, speak to us. Speak to our hearts. Lord, all we have is a manger full of hay, but all we know is that's where you showed up. That's where you came to prove a point, to show us your love.